Welcome to Photography Talk with MJ Biasi. This podcast, I will be talking all things photography, business, work life, and home life. I'm going to chat about it all. I've ran a successful photography business now for over 13 years, exclusively shooting newborns and maternity. I have learned a lot over those years, and I want to share it all with you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, grab some coffee, let's chat. Hey everyone, this is MJ Biasi, and this is my first ever podcast. I am so excited for you guys to be here and for this to be finally happening because it's something I've been wanting to do for so very long. Uh, my podcast is called Photography Talk, which means I'm going to cover everything. I am really reaching out to other photographers, but I do plan on doing uh, talks Other than just for photographers, maybe potential clients, maybe things that people need to hear when they're trying to book a photographer, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything and then a whole lot of stuff in between. I am super excited today to bring you episode one of Photography Talk with MJ Biasi. So today's subject is what would I have told myself 13 years ago when I first decided I wanted to be a photographer? So I had asked on my Instagram story what a good topic would be, what did photographers want me to talk about, and that was a question that was brought up from another photographer, and I think it's the best way to really dive into this podcast. So I've been doing this now, like I said, about 13 years, and it's a very different world right now than it was 13 years ago. So I say that because you guys have to understand that social media was really just starting. So that makes me sound probably really old and I'm not going to lie, it makes me feel old, but seriously, Facebook was just coming about. I had just had my daughter and when she was six months old, I decided I wanted to get a fancy camera. So I invested in a Canon DSLR and I had no idea how to use it I just shot on auto and I had some fun well I started to dive into this new hobby because it was a passion I was finding I really enjoyed well social media growing I started to get on Facebook after making fun of my husband (laughs) for like several months because he was on there well before I was, I got on there and I was posting pictures and then people are telling me, oh, you should really start doing this maybe, you know, this might be something that you could do for a career and I just thought people were crazy. Well, I decided to kind of dive in and see what I could do and it was something I loved, and I found out it was something I was semi-good at, and I say semi-good because we all know we all start somewhere, right? Well, mine wasn't the prettiest place, and I'm super grateful for people that allowed me to practice on them, (laughs) and I'm super grateful for those photographers that were posting helpful tips and tricks. So when I say it's a different world, what I really mean is... You know, now I feel like we can go on and go on YouTube. We can follow photographers on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. We have them at our fingertips and they are offering content, some for free, mostly not. And that's totally fine. I get that. 
you can pay to do online courses. You can pay to do in-person workshops with some of your favorite photographers that you look up to. That wasn't really happening when I was starting. And I will be honest that I reached out to so many photographers and there was a handful that actually took the time to talk to me. And when I say handful, I can think of two right off the bat. One was Anna Brandt, which we all know and love, right? If you are in the newborn maternity business, you definitely know who she is. Well, she was putting out free content on YouTube and she literally taught me everything I know. And she didn't even know that until I finally met her in person last year. So she was putting out free content. There was another photographer who was based out of Northern Virginia called Little Moon. Her name is Amber. She would actually respond to me when I needed help. But for the most part, no one else was responding. They were too good. They weren't going to take the time with someone like me that had no idea what they were doing. So that's what I mean when I say it's a different world. Now for me as a photographer, I have always tried to take everything I know and take that knowledge and pay it forward. So I do host workshops and I do, you know, mentoring one-on-one. We do Skype sessions, but I feel like it's my duty to pay it forward. So I do have a little gathering of clients on a Facebook page, not clients, but um, photographers on a Facebook page, a group page where I help mentor them for free. And I feel like that's just my duty since I've been here for so long. I want every photographer to be super successful. That's my goal. Everybody's going to be different and everybody's not going to have the same level of success maybe. But if I can pass along some of the things I have learned, that will make our industry as a whole better. So I'm trying to better the industry, not just one or two people. I want to help everyone. So I feel like things I would tell myself when I was starting out 13 years ago would be, I didn't have this luxury then because like I said, it wasn't really happening so much, but I would definitely find a mentor super early on in the game. I would attend workshops, whether they be virtual or in person, that's going to be your best bet for actually learning in studio with a baby, a live baby, if you can't do an in-person workshop and sometimes the virtual options are cheaper, that's still better than nothing. Because if I had that, I feel like I could have gotten like way ahead of the game. It took me so long because I was basically teaching myself and practicing and watching whatever content was on YouTube. And like I said, that was predominantly Anna Brandt's channel. I would watch her. We had Creative Live back in the day. And I would watch that. So I feel like if I could have had more hands-on experience and gotten some knowledge from a photographer that knew what she was doing way early on I feel like I would have progressed at a much faster rate where I feel like it took me forever to actually get somewhere where I felt confident in my work now because I'm self-taught for the longest time I felt like I was an imposter like I wasn't real and that doesn't really mean that 
I felt like I wasn't a photographer. I just felt like I didn't have the credentials to actually ever say that. And that went on for a really long time. And now it's so funny because, you know, I'll be looking at other photographers' work or on my mentoring page and they'll post and they'll say, hey, this is my first newborn. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're basically starting out where I was five years into the game, you know, because now people have so much information at their fingertips. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend taking advantage of everything that you are lucky enough to have right at your fingertips. Find a mentor, find a workshop, research photographers. So don't just go to the one that everybody knows find somebody that matches your style that your personalities mesh with and somebody that's going to be there as a role model and a support system now if you ask people that I mentored they will tell you I continue to basically mentor them from afar I talk to all of them whether we're chatting on Instagram or they're messaging me questions I always respond back because I truly just want to be that person that is there for them that can help them grow now let's see what else would I tell myself 13 years ago well pricing right so here's the thing about pricing when you're first starting out It is important to make sure that your work is up to par for your prices. So yeah, I started out with very, very low pricing and that was probably okay because I wasn't great. I knew it. I wasn't fantastic. I was still learning. So I shot for a full solid year before I charged anybody and I was still learning. I was still feeling my way with my camera. I was still learning literally everything. And fast forward 13 years later, I am still learning. So there should never be a point in your career where you stop learning because you should continue doing that every day. I feel like I learned something new every day. Today, for instance, I had a maternity session in studio. I am shooting with a completely different lighting system. And I had a brand new softbox that I pulled out. And it was a game changer. And it was also a learning curve because the light distributes differently than what I'm used to. So I encourage you to learn and grow every single day. But let's go back to pricing. (laughs) This is my podcast, you guys. I am going to get off topic like every single time I do this. Uh, That's just who I am. Okay, (laughs) so pricing. I started off low and then, you know, slowly I started to figure things out and I grew in my business and I grew in my prices, which I feel like that was probably the right thing. However, I do think there was a time when I should have switched over to trying to make it a more successful, financially successful career for myself. So I didn't do that until about six years ago, I think. No, maybe it might have been like four years um, when I switched over to IPS. I am not saying that IPS is the only way to make money. You can certainly make money without doing IPS. However, when I switched my business model... I did cold turkey. I went right from a $400 newborn session to, okay, I have a session fee now that's 215 
that is paid up front, but that doesn't get you anything but the session. So now my clients are paying me on the back end where I'm, I'm giving them gorgeous final products. I am giving them reveal boxes that I'm sure you've seen. I have canvases and mounted prints and albums. I have digital images. I have medals. I have canvases. I have everything. I have things that I want them to hang on the wall. Things that are important to me. It's important to me that my clients are leaving here with a tangible item to hold in their hand. But that's just me. That's not the only way to run a successful business. It has worked out very, very well for me. But I also know photographers that kill it just selling digitals. You just need to have them priced where you're not giving them away. Because that is your work. And something I always explain to clients if they do question, well, why is this print this much money? Well, I do try to educate them that they're not paying for that piece of paper. They are paying for the photo that is on that piece of paper that was created by me. That is my talent. That is my time. That is what they are paying for. So going over your pricing structure and really looking and saying, hey, am I good enough to be charging these prices? That's another thing a mentor can help you with. So getting a mentor, again, super important, not only just for learning how to actually shoot, but also helping you on the business side of things. Because the business side of this photography career that we're all in is definitely the hardest part of this game, right? Like we all just want to come in and take beautiful pictures, but you will quickly find that if your business sense isn't in check, you are going to have a very hard time staying afloat. So there was a time in my career, and this is before I started IPS. This is what pushed me to start IPS and change my business model. I uh, was shooting three to four times a day, right? And most of my clients were paying me four to 500, I think at that time. I was literally dying because I was working so much and I had a commercial space at that time I have a had a retail studio and so you know once you get a retail studio and you know like oh my gosh okay so I have to pay rent I have to pay electric I have to pay water um, and then anything else that you have to pay for obviously props any um, workshops that you're doing education any camera gear, all of that stuff, you have to make sure you can pay for on a monthly basis. So I started just stacking sessions up and I was working my little fingers to the bone. And I felt like for as many hours as I was putting into this, I wasn't having a whole lot to show for it. And this is something I tell people that I mentor. Like I I tell other business owners this, right? If you sit down and you write on a little piece of paper how many hours you sit at your computer, say you're editing, say you're emailing, say you're posting galleries. Just keep a timeline for that client. You know, how much time you spent at the session, how much time you spent emailing them. You will be shocked when you discover how many hours you're putting in per client and how much money you are actually making per hour. So when I did that for myself, I was disgusted because I wasn't really making anything. I was barely making minimum wage. And I felt like 
I was gone a lot. I was not around for my kids. My son was playing soccer at the time. And I was missing Saturdays. I was missing school functions. And I started to feel like I'm missing all of this stuff for like $8 an hour. And that's just not acceptable. So that is when I made the decision to switch over to IPS. If you do not know what IPS is, that is in-person sales. And it's just a way that some photographers run their business where you are getting paid mostly on the backside when your clients are ordering products from you. That is going to be a whole other podcast for you. So right now I'm just trying to touch on things that I would have done a lot sooner. I definitely would have switched to this model because for me, and this is just my personal opinion, I felt like maybe I wasn't completing my job for the client. Because back in the day when we would go get pictures, I started thinking about when my family would go get pictures, Olin Mills, JCPenney, (laughs) they did that because they wanted a portrait to hang on their wall. They didn't want to just put it on Facebook or Instagram because that wasn't a thing. They wanted to hang it on their wall. They wanted to look at it every single day. They wanted their daughters to feel good about themselves having pictures of themselves hanging on the walls. And then I thought, well, I'm not doing that for my clients. I'm just giving them digital pictures. And then when I started asking my clients, 90% of my clients were coming in here and saying, oh, no, we never printed anything. Or we didn't know how to print anything. I still have them on that CD. Well, guess what? CDs now, super obsolete. USBs, going away. I don't even have a USB port on my MacBook. I don't have a CD drive on my MacBook. So that stuff that you're giving your clients is eventually going to grow obsolete. But a print will never, ever grow obsolete. People are always going to want to hang prints on their walls, right? It's just what we do. We hang pictures. We hang photos of our family, our loved ones. That is what makes a home a home. And I have always said that to my clients. So the fact that they leave here and I know it looks good because I have inspected it myself, (laughs) it's going to go on their wall and it's going to be beautiful. So I think if I could go back in time, this is something I would have tried to figure out a lot sooner. What kind of photographer do I want to be? Do I want to be a photographer that just pushes out okay-ish digital images for cheaper? That's fine if that's what you want to do, but I want it to create artwork. So I'm so happy that I finally found my way with that. I love that my clients have these beautiful pieces hanging on their walls. I love when they send me pictures of their walls. They're so happy to have their baby hanging on their wall, their kids hanging on their wall. MJ, you've done pictures for us for the last five years. Look at this beautiful collage. It's so, it makes me feel so special that people have chosen me when there are so many photographers all around us that they chose me. The other thing, and this is the final thing I think I'll say, because I'm going to try to keep these about 20 to 30 minutes, and we all know I can talk. (laughs) So this is hard. Um, The other thing I would say to myself would be, man, there's so much. I would really say, though, don't try to be for everyone, right? 
Not everyone is going to be our client, and that is okay. For the longest time, I feel like I was wrapped up in competition and not pleasing everyone. I do not need to please everyone. I am not everyone's cup of tea, and that is A-okay. You do not have to be the photographer for everyone. And that's the thing about this business is there's so many of us and we all have our own style and each client has their own style. So when my clients come to me, it's because they've seen my work, they relate to it, they like it. It's the style that they want to hang on their walls. Now, if I have a client, and this literally just happened today in a consult, um, she was asking me about outdoor maternity, and she wanted to go to a certain on-location spot. I do not do that. So I told her, I might not be the maternity photographer for you because I only shoot studio maternity, and I only shoot glam. So I was telling her, what you see is what you get with me. My portfolio is very much who I am. I don't really sway from that because that's what I like. That's what I'm comfortable with. And that is what my brand is now associated with. So I'm not really going to leave that. And she was totally fine with that. And by the way, she did end up booking with me um, for maternity. But I told her I might not be the photographer for you. And so I am totally fine saying that. 10 years ago, I would not have been okay saying that. I would probably have, I don't know, I would have freaked out. I would have tried to bend over backwards. I would have done anything. I would have met her anywhere. <laughs> but now that I, I know who I am as a businesswoman, as a photographer, and as the owner now of this brand, I know what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. So I think that is super important. And I know I said that was the last thing, but the other thing is don't get wrapped up in your competition. And that I think these two things kind of go together is like always know that there is enough clients for us all. We cannot shoot every single client, right? Like we don't have time. If I was the only photographer in this whole area, I would be in trouble. <laughs> I might be doing really well financially, but my body would be dead. Not cool. We have plenty of talent around us that we can say no and we cannot worry about your competition. So I've always really tried to stay in my own lane. I don't really get wrapped up in it, thank God. Uh, but, you know, it does get to you sometimes and you get very feeling like, oh, why is she shooting so much or what is it about me? It just takes time, I think, to get to that point in your life. Maybe it comes with age. Maybe it comes with confidence. But I wish I could have gotten to this stage a lot sooner where I really don't give a damn what anybody else around me is doing with their photography business. I know what I'm doing. And if you like it, awesome. Come to me. I will take amazing care of you. If you don't, that's fantastic too. I am not for you. There's somebody else out here for you. So those are the things that I would really tell myself if I could go back in time. <laughs> I hope this podcast was helpful for you and I will be coming back on. Thank you so much. This is Photography Talk with MJ Biasi.